MPI Paranormal Radio. The truth is to be found. An internet radio show dedicated to the open discussion of different paranormal topics by military paranormal investigations. Our aspiration is to research and discover the possibilities of scientific reasons to a field of study which many do not believe to be supported by facts. Military Paranormal Investigations is not affiliated to any branch of the military. We are a science-based paranormal research organization with active duty and retired military members, dependents, and or friends located out of Wichita Falls, Texas. Recorded or live, broadcasting with Shoutcast on multiple websites to get the maximum reach. Now, here are your hosts, members of the MPI team. Well, hey, welcome back. Uh, my name is Jeff Jones. I'm Mike. I'm Allison. And I'm Rob. It's uh, been a long time for some of us uh, to have done a podcast. So uh, yeah, just some of us. We 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 actually tried to do a couple. Yeah. Know. Okay, I understand. <laughs> but we did try a new technology. You know, the whole green screen thing, which worked out pretty good. What? Uh, you're right. Semi driving by, like my whole headphones were like one. Ooh. Okay, I, I didn't hear anything. Well, uh, yeah, we tried a little bit of Facebook Live, which took us a little bit of time to. Uh, to get going? It did take us a little bit. I mean, the first one, we didn't realize that when you hit Facebook Live, it takes a while for the stuff to record. So we, we got a good, what, two, three minute blooper of him and I just bantering. <laughs> At least we were civil. Yeah. yeah. This time. <laughs> well, if you heard our introduction, um, you might have noticed a new name here with us tonight. We actually have one of our members, Allison, that's with us. And then here in a little bit, when we get into our to the meat of our show, we're going to talk a little bit about a near-death experience. You might remember back from episode 10 that we uh, that we covered that a little bit, and after we got through, then uh, as a typical type of situation, then Allison was like, oh, well, I had a near-death experience, so we will, uh, we're going to go into that a little more depth. First thing I wanted to say, though, keep in mind that we are not affiliated to any group of the radio. Any, or, it's a, uh, <laughs> oh, it's been a long time. Long time. Long time. Any group of the radio. All right. <laughs> that is right. We are not any group of the radio. We're, We're listening to you talk. I can imagine why. <laughs> We're not affiliated to any, any branch of the military. And you can always find us on Facebook. Twitter. What else, Rob? Oddbean. How about you? <laughs> how about YouTube? Also, hey, we have noticed we picked up a couple of subscribers on YouTube as well. Yeah. We're still not at our hundred part, but actually, I think that YouTube changed the the whole. Yeah, they did. It's like five hundred that you have to have. Exactly. Yeah, you're gonna have like five hundred in order to get the, the your own website now for YouTube. One of the things we were going to talk about is what we've actually been up to a little bit here. I know that. Uh, yeah, Mike and I. Went uh, a few weeks ago, and Rob, too, went down to... I thought you were going to talk about the first one that you guys went to without me. Which for... Oh. The Paranormal Unity Fan. Oh, yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> talk about that one first. Well, hey, if you answer your phone, maybe you'd know. <laughs> but yeah, Rob, uh, Mike and I went down to the uh, Glen Rose Paranormal Unity Fest. Uh, it was a good time. Met a lot of uh, good people in uh, the paranormal world. Mike, do you have any... Uh, you'd like to add no i think that was pretty good that was my second time going um i think it's that's it what 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 happened there i mean what'd you guys see basically you know it's a smaller conference they have a few vendor booths set up it doesn't really uh you know and i, and I don't i don't knock it it doesn't really fall into the vendors don't fall into more of my genre stuff they have right. a lot of the uh more of the reiki and the new age type of deal which there was some of the reiki you mean like the healing, healing through the mind yes, okay okay that that more of the the alternative spiritual type of uh, this stuff. And, and, and that's to each his own. That doesn't really fall into my genre of the paranormal. I, but we did enjoy some of the speakers that were there. Of course, we got to hear some of the favorites. Uh, you know, that was always around Nick Redfern, um, Ken Gerhard, and then uh, it was the paranormal detective guy. Um, Larson. Yes, Greg Lawson. Yeah, Lawson. And uh, that was my first time going, and I will say I enjoyed it. We've been. I've been to a few conferences. It was, uh, it was small, but it was pretty good turnout. They benefited good calls. The Texas Better Women's yep. Welcome. So it was. It was a pretty good deal. Yeah. And then uh, just a few weeks ago, the three of us, Mike, uh, Rob, and myself, we went down to Huntsville, to the uh, Southeast Texas 
Bigfoot conference. And uh, well, I think we all had a pretty good time. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, I, I was shocked how much I actually enjoyed going to. I mean, the first couple parts, I was like, wow, okay. But then as you went and met some of the vendors and everything, that's when I started to like it. And I, it really wasn't my genre, like you said, um, but uh, I actually kind of liked listening to it and hearing the different different parts of the paranormal that I don't normally get into as far as the Bigfoot and the one I really liked was the Littlefoot, the Pygmy. Bigfoot. Oh yeah, that it was Ken Gerhardt. Yeah, Ken Gerhardt. I, I, it was something new to me. I've never heard about that and I started doing a little bit of research to find out about Littlefoot. But that was interesting. I really enjoyed uh, the Cliff's uh, presentation. I thought that on the tracks and you know, documenting the stuff, moving on, getting away from Patterson Gamble film and getting into more of the science of documenting. I think he, he was doing the um, documenting individuals. Well, your, mic just fall, your mic is falling down. Yeah, these plastic <laughs> tables, my mic stand fell off. I'll try not to touch it here. <laughs> I just see you going down like this, and you're like slowly going down. <laughs> well, I, I know. I kept hearing him getting quiet. I'm gonna, quiet. It's probably going to make a little noise, but I'm going to Anyway, he, got, he was documenting individuals and talking about how to track that and move away and and try to get more documentation than just arguing over the Patterson Gimlin film over and over. Oh, that's the one that had the the footprints. Yes, where he was saying how you could track individuals and where different footprints were actually the same. Right, Bigfoot. Right. Yeah, I, I found that one interesting as well. Yeah. Well, we had a good time. We uh, after talking with uh, Rob and I went around to uh, one of the vendors and actually talked with Ken Gerhard, and then mm-hmm. he introduced us to. Um, I cannot remember. I can't remember his name I, either. I, I, I should have written it down. I had it on. And he even gave us a DVD of his movie. Yes. But anyway, he, he was a uh, he's in a couple of scientific organizations. and He told us some places to go. And uh, we went out the next day the night. We left the uh, conference. It was supposed to be storming. And we didn't get it. We got a late start. But we went out the next day messing around. And we got, did a couple of uh, wood knocks. And may have gotten a response. I've still got to analyze. And I, I'd like to say I thought that the uh, conference itself was very well organized, yep. well put together. And for being the first conference they had done, they had, I believe it was almost over a, a thousand, thousand people. Yeah, they said they have over a thousand. I'll, I'll 600 put... pre-registered. Yeah. And, uh, they were saying, and I've never been to the Ohio Bigfoot Conference, but they were saying it was giving it a run for its money. So. Yeah. I, I thought it was, I thought they did a very good job, especially for their first yeah, first I, one. Yeah, I just felt really bad. I wound up getting sick about halfway through the conference and had to go back to the hotel. I was kind of disappointed because there was a few speakers I wanted to hear, but what I did hear, it was a really good conference. Mm-hmm. Anything else that you guys want? Allison, anything? No, I'm I'm very excited. Okay. Well, good. I, we're We're excited to have this podcast tonight and and hear about your near-death experience or nde as it's called um so mike or rob you want to go through what we kind of covered last time so well last time we were talking and we, we were talking about going through some uh we talked about more of kind of touched on the surface of near-death experience what it's right, about it- i know rob tried to tease me a little bit by uh get under my skin a little bit by bringing in one of our famous skeptics to try to. Oh yeah, okay, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe I did. I, I do remember that one. Yeah, I, I, yeah. But you know, since then, I actually we were. Uh, I actually, and we should have done it the first time. We we we, we do we do research and we, we we study this stuff constantly, day in and day out. But getting into actually one area like that that we're not, you know, we typically do with hauntings and that. Right. I actually got a hold of the. Uh, Dr. Moody's book, if you remember, Dr. Raymond Moody is the guy that kind of coined the term uh, near-death experience. And so I got a hold of his book, finally, and read that. Then I kind of went down that rabbit hole, and there was more uh, people that he, that have continued on. He and other people have continued on that research. Actually, I'll get into some of those numbers here in a little bit, but it kind of blew my mind when I actually got a little more in-depth into it. I actually got the Tibetan Book of the Dead. I actually started reading some of Plato's stuff, which... Dr. Moody talks about in his uh, in his book, which is where it took me. And I actually, I actually bought a copy of the, of course, the translation of the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Our 
we don't have our video going, so nobody can see me showing that. <laughs> but the uh, anyway, we so we were talking and we were touching on it and talking about what we thought a near death experience was. Is it paranormal? Is it uh, you know, is it something supernatural? People passing to the other side, maybe getting a glimpse of what's beyond the uh, life as we know it into the afterlife. And I think you guys had came up with the end. I, I still, I still think it has to do with an altered state of consciousness. Maybe in that area, you guys have said more research would would break that into the uh, would be needed to actually weigh your opinions of where it may be that you think it was probably something to do with. I know, I know, Rob was talking about how do you know it wasn't something that was subliminally subliminally put into their mind, right? The doctor going over a treatment or something like that. So. But since then, and I know Allison's shaking her head over there at me, but since then, again, me reading a little more of Dr. Moody's book and going deeper down that rabbit hole, I can actually bounce some other stuff off of you that may be some of that. Now, Allison has not read Dr. Moody's book, and I actually forbid her from reading it until we've had this, and I'm going to give her my copy to read because I think she needs to read it. Um but so we, we recorded the episode and we got back and, and I was we were meeting again. I think we were doing a, the uh, the one house south of us here. Yeah. And we were talking with Allison and she's like, well, oh, well, I've had a near death experience. And we we're like, really? So we started breaking into it. And actually, at that point in time, she started briefly telling me some of it. And then again, I stopped her and said, nope, we're going to do this on the air. Of course, <laughs> it's been a year now and we're finally going to do this. But. I, uh, what I thought I would do, and I know Allison's nervous over there, and he's, uh, but <laughs> bear with me. We're gonna, we're gonna get her on down here. I think what we can, what we'd like to do first is give us a little bit of the backstory before you had your experience, any of that kind of what, and you don't have to go into anything personal, but a little bit of the backstory about why you were sick, like that. Okay, well, in February of 2000, I ended up having a car accident. Ended up breaking a leg out of it and kind of went on with my life. And then a month later in April, um, started having extreme pain, couldn't breathe. And at that time, I was 24 years old and I lived with my parents and lived down in the basement area. And I kept telling my parents something's wrong. So a couple hours later, my dad finally gave in and decided to take me to the hospital. It was the longest ride of my life in the hospital. So th and that was a Friday. Doctors did test on me, blood work, urine, everything, and couldn't find out what was wrong. They were getting ready to send me home on Saturday, and I said, I'm not going. I cannot breathe, and I'm an hour and a half away from here, and that's just not going to happen. So... Sunday night, they finally did a CT scan on me just because they were out of tests to do. And they said, this is going to be the last one. And I hadn't ate since Saturday. So me drinking that CT barium stuff was not going down very good whatsoever. And finally, they gave in and said, all right, we're, I think you got enough in you. We're going to do the CT scan. So I go in. I'm in the machine maybe three minutes. And they pull me out, pushed me off the, the table that you're in in the CT scan and threw me back on the bed, start running me in, back into my hospital room and making me sign paperwork stating that you're going into surgery. And it's called exploratory. So I'm like, okay, you know, but I'm not going until the chaplain comes in and prays with me because I am 1,500 miles away from family and it's just me and my mom and dad. So on the way to the elevator, the chaplain comes up, says a short little prayer, and that's pretty much all that I remember. I wake up in the recovery room, and I see my dad standing up against the wall, and I'm, I don't feel any more pain, and I happen to look through my hospital gown, and my stomach looks like a... Um, like a coach lobster tail is what it looked like to me. I look back at my dad and I see my nephew. And granted, again, all my family is mm. in Texas. 
and he's young, seven, eight years old, standing there, in which he was 14, 15 at that time. And I told my dad, get him out of the room because I don't want him to see me that way. And why is he here anyways? I go back to sleep. I wake up again with hearing like someone rushing up to your bed, somebody running up. And I can't look up, but I can look down on the side of the bed. And I saw three men, old dress shoes. And I'm asking my mom, who was sitting on the right side of me, I knew that she was there. And I said, who were the three men standing by the bed? And my mom's like, there's nobody standing there. And I'm like, yes, there's there's three people standing there. I can see their shoes. And I go back to sleep. And I can't tell you the time difference of, of when all this is taking place, but I know that I'm in the same room. So to me, I'm still in the recovery room. And then I look up and... On the right side, up in the ceiling, I can see a white light, and it was just peaceful. But I couldn't look into the white light. I was looking at all the pastel colors around the the white light. There was the blue, the pink, the greens, the yellow. And I said, oh, my gosh, Mom, look at that beautiful white light. She says, Allison, there's no light on in the room. All the lights are off. And I said, no. There's a beautiful white light. And then that's all that I remember. Hmm. All righty. So I want to go back to one thing real quick. You said that your nephew. So your nephew wasn't really. No, he was not there. But it was a younger version of your nephew. Yes, younger version of him. Did something happen to him when he was young? No. Hmm. But he was my only nephew at that time. I didn't have any more nephews or nieces. And why he was. Why I was seeing him, I don't know. So when you were talking about the sound, was it the sound of people walking? Was there a different sound? Was there? It was a different sound. It was like actually somebody running up to you. It was a very quick rushing sound. That's what caught my attention. That's what kind of like woke me up. It wasn't like footprints. It was more like a... Yes. Yes. Okay. That's one of the things that I'll I'll talk about here. So so, so my question for you is, prior to this event, did you have any thought or any anything when it comes to near-death experience? Had you thought of, thought, had a, I don't know. I'm just trying to think it did... Was that <laughs> was was near death experience something prior to that that you had ever thought about read about? No. Okay. No. Okay. So, and you said that's all you can remember. I mean, do, do you remember like getting better, leaving the hospital, or is that just kind of where I was in the hospital for over three months? Um, in the in the CT scan, it was a process of elimination. They had no clue what was wrong with me. So that's why I was exploratory surgery. They could not find my appendix because they said I had so much toxins in my stomach area and all my organs were swollen. So they didn't heal me up. That's why I had the, like the lobster tail look. I had to heal from the inside out. So it was everyday wound care. I had the feeding tube and that was April and I didn't heal until Thanksgiving. And how long were you in the hospital before they did the exploratory? From Friday evening. Until? And then you had exploratory on Sunday, you said? I had exploratory on Sunday. And then it was three to four months I was in the hospital. And after the exploratory is when you had your experience? Yes, shortly after surgery. Because I was in the the recovery room. Have you ever talked to your mom about like how long it was between your surgery and when you asked about the light? What about when you happen to know what type of medications they were putting you on at the time? I do Friday not. And I'm, I'm sure. Uh... Because if you remember the chaplain coming in and saying something, and then you were that was the last thing you remember, they had to have put you on something 
Yes, because I'm sure they were calming me right. down because I was freaking out. They weren't telling me what was going on. They just said that I was going into the surgery uh-huh. and running down the hallway. And you you see the, the tiles of the ceiling right. in the hospital with the, the lights, lights. And you're like, this is it. This is I am going to die. Right. Because they're not telling me because they just don't know. I'm just wondering about the time zone, yeah, the the time difference and everything. Because the the one thing that I found interesting about your story is how you said you saw your nephew there, but a younger version of your nephew. And the reason I asked that question is if he had something happen with him, does time stand still during a near-death experience to where if he had a near-death experience at that age would have been around the same time that you had your near-death experience where the time didn't was just at the same time right? Yeah. where time was staying still or time bent upon itself or something. That's why I was wondering. Yeah. I would say that I had no strong medication in the emergency room with them not knowing, mm-hmm. but I'm sure I was pretty much doped up coming out of, well, I'm sure, yeah. Coming out of surgery and being open. Interesting. And I'm wondering if maybe that, that light, cause you said it was in the corner corner of the room yes wasn't like in the middle but actually in the corner up towards the 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 corner to the to the left like Uh was it over a shoulder or in front of you it was in the ceiling because i'm wondering if maybe sometimes you see hospital rooms that will have a mirror in the corner where they could watch out in the in the nurse's station they could watch you so i was wondering if maybe that was a light that was hitting that i you know, it's it's interesting what little bit of reading I've done on near-death experience. It's interesting that it always seems to revolve around some kind of light. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, always somebody always sees a light. Um, yeah. And, it, and maybe, I don't know, with your reading of the book, does it get into any of that as yep. far as the light? Yeah, I'm going to go over that in just a minute. I don't okay. want to cut you short, but I okay. will go over that in just a minute about the light. Okay. Um, I had, if you don't mind, I have a couple more questions. Okay. Go for it. Yeah. For Allison. That's why I'm asking. Do you, um, did you have any sort of out of body experience or do you? Not that I know of now. Um, you saw the light. Did you see any, were you ever experiencing any type of like dark light, dark tunnels, anything like that? Mm -mm. Um, but I can tell you the color of the men's shoes. And that, that's, that's what gets me too. That you saw shoes. Now, were you laying down or were you? I was laying down and, and on looked. your side. No, nope, on my back. Don't let me forget that. I'm going to go. It's not the same, but I, I'm going to. I'm going to touch on that even too when I talk about that. But it's a. So you just happened to look to the side, or yeah, because that's when I was hearing the somebody rushing up, and I'm like, "Who were these people by the bed?" And mom's like, "There's nobody there, but there was a curtain there." And you share those time zones or the the times because you said you were coming out of the surgery and it's the time because normally during exploratory surgery and you can't find something out, they're going to bring in other doctors to try and talk about a chart. I'm wondering if maybe you were just in and out of it at the time where you saw them there, but then you fell asleep and then asked your mother if there's anyone there. That That's I'm being, I, I'm being I, skeptical. Yeah, you are. But, <laughs> and that's why I said it's going to be interesting because I know that I was in the same room. Okay. Now, do you, I know you said you couldn't see them, but did you put a persona or a name to any of those no. people? Did I you couldn't feel see them. like it was anybody? Did you feel comfort? Like you knew them, not even know who they were, but that you knew them? Just the shoes. That's all you saw. Just the shoes. I was I was more worried of who was standing there, right? Because I was coming out of surgery, going, okay, so, so it, but you had, do, do I have all my do I have my arms, my legs, my head? You know what exactly happened? And there was no curtain between you and the shoes, or correct? Or yeah, I mean they were just right there. Did anybody other than those three individuals there and your nephew? Was there anybody? else that you witnessed or no. did anybody talk to you? No. Did you hear voices or anything like that? Not that I can remember. Any music? No. But my mom said that it got very cold. But, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I, you're, I, in, you're I, in a I, hospital, I get, I get so. I in a hospital all the time, so. So, 
I probably already know the answer to this one because I don't. I'll talk about it in a minute. There's actually like different levels that people experience. Are you good, Rob? Yeah, I got to go. Yeah, my lunch break is over and I got to test these guys. Okay. Keep on and uh, I'll definitely get back into this because that was a very interesting story. I'm. I want to hear your your version of everything, so I'm going to definitely listen to this again. All right, so I'm out, guys. All right, all right. <laughs> bye, Rob. Later. Um. So now, there's different levels. I guess everybody there's what Dr. Moody has is there's like 15 levels that people go through that are consistent in their degrees of what's going on. One of them. The, one of the last ones, I'm going to skip to this one. It says there's new views on death. I'm going to say because I don't think you had some of the other degrees. You didn't go. Not everybody has. Some people may experience two or three. Some people may experience. Most people experience about eight. And then some people experience more than that. But you didn't get to some of the ones that were further along. So I'm going to say. Did you have any, you had any new views on death or anything like that? Does it. Did it change your perspective of death or anything like that? There is a white light. <laughs> so, so you feel... I, it was very peaceful, and for anybody to be afraid of death, I would tell you, don't don't be afraid. Right. That's that's where I... Actually, that's different than what I thought you were going to say. I, don't, I didn't feel you went at as many degrees... Not that I'm knocking it, but I didn't feel that you had as many degrees, so I didn't think you would answer that the same way. But Well, how did you think I would answer it? I thought you would say it didn't really change. Because you talked about you were kind of worried. You wanted to know who they were. Yes. So, and, and I would still want to know. It, right. But I, I don't feel of doing research of it. I don't feel that that is what I should do. Okay. I think if it's if it was meant for me to know who they were, then I would have seen it. Gotcha. Would I love to? Absolutely. So I guess I'll go ahead and kind of start. If y'all are all right, I'll go ahead and start a little on. That's fine. On this. But so Dr. Moody talks about, there's basically three levels of a near death experience. One is that you were pronounced dead. I mean, you were actually, they were trying to revive you a near death. You were so close to death that you could have died at any moment. And then one was that it was just relayed from another person. So, like, you know, you're in the hospital, grandma's passing away, and she talks about the angels, and she's relaying. That's the other one. But he breaks them out into 15 different types of uh, situations. Most people have about six to eight, which I think you're probably pretty close to that six. I'm going to go over them in just a second. You don't hear me all right? You keep breaking. Yeah, you keep out. My microphone stand is on this plastic table. And I apologize. Allison is sitting right in front of the air conditioner. So we, when she's talking and it's on, you hear that line. I'm sorry it's in Texas that we hit like 95 today. So it's a little warm in here. Um, but anyway, there's, there's 15 different levels. Um, the first one was ineffability or the indescribable where people can't relate they said there's just no words to express what they went through. Yeah. And, uh, and Allison has actually said that a couple of times. We talked about it. She told you, you talked about, I, I don't know how to tell you, you know, all I could see was their shoes, but I don't, I don't know how to describe any other sensation. I don't know how to describe the light other than it was, it was pretty, that sort of stuff. The second one is hearing the news. So when you're going through your near death experience, you can hear the doctor, pronounce you dead. You can hear the loved ones cry as you pass on. You can hear that sort of stuff, which I don't think you fell into that particular. Correct. I did not. The other one is feelings of peace and quiet, which you did talk about that the light was so peaceful. Uh, The other one, and this is why I was asking earlier uh, is a noise. You hear a, a, a pulsating, a whirring, a buzzing, a hissing, uh, there's some sort of noise. That's why I was asking you about the noise that you heard as it came up. Um, the next one is a dark tunnel. The next one is an out-of-body experience. Number seven is meeting others, which I think you 
probably after what I've read on it. Is most of the time it falls into um, you meet your uncle that's passed away before you and they're meeting you to, to, to take you and assist you. Sometimes it's you meet someone, you can't see them, but you know they're there. Um, and I guess that's the, the main difference. And that's why I was asking about if you felt like you knew any of those people. But most people will have that experience as well, though. They'll have someone else that shows up. And what are they there for? Most people feel that it was to assist them as they press on. The other, the next one, and this is one of the most important is a uh, is a being of light. And that's what they talk about. It is the most brilliant. People talk about their ineffability comes in here, where they say that, where they say that, um, mic again, where they say that, uh, is that better? Yes. Um, where they say that they can't describe how brilliant mm-hmm. the light is, that they, that it's so bright that you can't look into it, but it's so bright. It, it's not even hurting your eyes, but it's just so bright that you can't really see. Like you were saying, you, you can see the colors on the outside. That's what people will describe because the inside is so intense that you just can't describe what you're seeing there. And it's, it's a total, you've never seen the, that white before. That, and that's what they talk about. You, you can't even describe what kind of white it is, that it's so intense. Um, the, and the dark tunnel, when I did want to hit on that, a lot of people will have this the noise with the dark tunnel. So they'll be passing through a tunnel and they're like confused and they're scared and they want to know what's going on. And the noise is occurring at the same time. Um, that's why I was asking earlier about the dark tunnel. Um, then the next one is a review. Basically, your life flashes before your eyes. Now, one of the things that like, I found interesting is these people will be out. Um, the people that experience that particular aspect, they may be out three or four minutes, but they say they it's like every event in their life is shown to them instantaneously. Like they can remember, like as they're thinking about it later, they can remember an event that happened when they were three. Then they can remember an event that happened when they were seven. They're thinking, well, how did I remember all of these events? I was only out four minutes, but they can remember just an infinite amount of events with a life review. And I thought that was pretty interesting. The next one is a border or limit. So they'll see fence, the shore on a far lake, the other shore. And the Tibetan Book of the Dead talks about that too, as you're passing across the water get to the other side that's where the other side is but most people that have had near-death experience actually from what i remember reading no one gets to the other side because they get sent back before they get to the other side um then they have the feeling of coming back and it's supposed to be like a wishing of being sucked back into your body or or whatever it goes that way um then you get into more of the after effects about uh Telling others, uh, at first they try to come out and explain what's what's going on. Uh, then nobody listens. And right. They just kind of shut down. Um, a lot of people will change. We talked about this a little in the uh, in the first episode where people that may be non faithful they'll have it and then they change their right. But this happens even to faithful people. They will say it changes the way they perceive. They will live their life to the fullest. Right. Um, and then some of them have new views on death. Most people, that, especially the more encounters that they have of those 15, the more they will not fear death. They, they say if it happens, it happens. And some people are even like, I don't really want to go because I was sent back for a reason. Right. But when it's my time, I'll be ready to go see what else was out. And, and I think that's me. I think that's where I am that 
if um, I if I pass, then I'm I'm at peace with it. Right. The uh, <laughs> I'm having to like squat down <laughs> and get into my microphone. Um, the last one is cooperation, and I find this one really interesting. So, let's say I was asking you about did you know did your mom maybe could tell you when this happened or whatever. But so one of the instances I remember is. You know, in the previous episode, we were talking, Rob was like, well, what if the uh, doctor explained to you the surgery that you're going to have and you're going to So there was a guy that was brought in in cardiac arrest, was pronounced dead on the way, gets in there. He has his near-death experience. He's never been anywhere in this hospital before. And he, when he wakes up after his experience, he tells his family member, Basically, you were in, you go down this hall, take a left, you were in this room, in this chair, it's blue, you were wearing this, you were crying, and this was like three days later, and he's explaining to them, and they're sitting there, what's going on? Same thing with the story that we were talking about in the previous one, where the doctor was explaining to the procedures, the, the actual story of that, the lady that had this occur, same situation wasn't something that she was going into for right she went to the hospital had a problem bam it was there was yeah and the interesting part that i found of all of it is uh actually there's there's another one as i get to the the bible to me really has fewer there's only two instances of life after of what happens after death According to Doctor Moody, there's a few more in the New Testament, but they all all the the instances that talk about it. One of them is Acts, where talking and talking about your spiritual being and the difference between your celestial body and terrestrial body. The uh, Plato this talks about your soul is separated from your body. It's guided to the next realm by guardian spirit. But you meet on the other side. Um, talks about an opening or passageways which a lot of people relate to the dark tunnel. And then, like, her was sent back to tell others. You're not, and he was told, you're not coming back. You're going back to tell others about what's over here. The same thing with the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Very similar. All of these, all of these occurrences are very similar. The only thing is, when I was talking about the Bible, the Bible doesn't go into depth about those like the occurrences that Doctor Moody has laid out. Yeah. The Bible doesn't just go into depth. But the uh, Tibetan Book of the Dead, the um, Plato, all they talk about more the same thing that Doctor Moody has come up with, and of course these were. Forever before, you know, Dr. Moody started studying this. The Tibetan Book of the Dead is the same thing. It talks about you're going to... Now, the difference in the Tibetan Book of the Dead is it continues on. So, it talks about the stages of death. Right. And it's talking about you're going to be whooshed down this path and all of the same things. But then it goes on and continues on to reincarnate. Okay. So it doesn't. It's not specifically about a near-death experience. It's about death, and the, but the, sim- the similarities are absolutely uncanny. With Doctor Moody, and again, I've got a, I bought an original copy of the book, forever old. In the newer copies, he talks about uh, the other authors. As a matter of fact, his forward was written by the, the lady. Um, Elizabeth Kubler Ross, and she actually has some other books on near death experiences, but she has like thousands of cases, and they all meet the same conclusions. Her and Dr. Same types of situations, same. Not everybody will experience, no one has experienced all 15. Not everyone will, some people will experience. Some of the same things, not everybody's experiences are the same. So even though somebody may experience the same four situations, they kind of tell them a little different, even though they're very similar 
like you talk about the shoes, maybe somebody else might see legs or, you know, it's a little different of, of what's going on there. Um, I, I just, I find it, I, I'm actually way more intrigued now that I've read these books and studied more into it. I'm way more intrigued of the stories because of the similarities. It, there is, there, I, I'm sorry, you, you can't explain it by, uh, even Dr. Moo talks about it in, in the end of his book. People that have hallucinations, some of these people say, I've had a hallucination because of a, you know, a psychotraumatic experience or something. Yeah. This was nothing like that. Well, I guess for me, the, the question to you guys that I have, I, it's really interesting how all of them all kind of are the same with the seeing the light, seeing, experience something. To me, it's it's funny because it's always a positive thing. Yes. Have you ever heard or seen any near-death experience story where it's been negative Matter in fact, nature? One of the things that I... There have been some stories, but they don't fall into the same classification, say, like what Dr. They were more of... Nobody talks about, like, Satan on the other side. Right. Now, there are some stories, again, but they don't fall under the... The way I interpret it, they don't fall into the same. They're not like a near-death experience with the same types of encounters. So I guess my question is, do you think this is, is it something we think the afterlife is like? Well, here is, here is my contradiction to that. There. Dr. Moody talks about it is, is there are no really historical studies of the same type of deal. Right. However, there are, going back to the Egyptians, going back to, um, in the Tibetan Book of the Dead, Plato, all of these things, there's tremendous more out there, at which each of those times, they had, like, the Egyptians believed that you were going to cross over into the afterlife and you were going to prosper over there. That's why they packed you full. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. But they would still have the same types of experiences. They, that makes sense? Yeah. So even though their philosophy on life and death was different, the experiences were the same. Okay. So, Allison, I have a question for you. You said prior to going into surgery, of course, anyone would be nervous and scared because you don't know what's going to happen or what's going on. After you came out of surgery and out of recovery, did you have more of a sense of peace after this experience? Do you think? I don't know if it would be the peace or I was not in pain. Okay. Because I'm, I am a religious person. Right. And I was very grateful that I saw the white light. Yeah. You know, I'm very curious of the tunnel now that I want to do... I do want to do research on that because to me, the tunnel is the dark. Right. And so I didn't see the dark part, but I'm grateful that I saw the white. So, Hey, I'm going to heaven when it finally happens sure. is the way that I see it. Right. I think it's something that not a lot of people will experience. Right. Of being able to come back and say, I saw the white light. This is what I have experienced. It's okay. Sure. Don't don't be afraid of it. Yeah. I would have liked to know where I went. Right. And who I talked to, yeah. if anybody. Absolutely lost where I was going with that. I would like to know if there's research on how many people believe. Is that where is that where you were going? Actually that was that okay. that did kind of bring it my um So I find it interesting, you know, and I kind of misspoke on the previous episode where I talked about, you know, how atheists may change their perspective and things like that. That's not that's not entirely true. That's there are some cases where that's that's happened. But what I what I found interesting is when you were talking about the thoughts, you know right. How it relates. So a Christian may they will interpret the white light as God's white light. Right. Whereas they a um a spiritualist will say it was God, a spirit, you know, along those lines. It was 
where they wanted to be. They relate it to the same thing, but they, they do relate it to their philosophical ways of thinking, but the actual occurrence being the white light is the same. I, I don't think you could, again, I, I'm faith-based, so I relate it the same way that you do, Allison. I don't think that you could specifically say that there's irrefutable proof that it's one way or the other as far as scientifically goes, but we, 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 we relate it that way again on, on, on our religion. Um, I just find it interesting that across all genres, across men, women, young, old, religious, you know, secular, it, it doesn't matter. The experience have those same 15 elements right. in common right. throughout time and history. Yeah. And, and that's why I tell you I, I relate it to, and, and I relate, um, it's black about this sometimes, an altered state of consciousness. Yeah. I, I, I think you could relate that to heaven. You could relate that to, you know, meditating and just going to a peaceful. There's many different ways to do that, but I just think it's still, it still may have something to do with that chemical release, starting that trigger, starting those things as, as you go. Right. Um, I just found it way more interesting, especially for me. What's interesting about it is, is I, you know, I know Allison never knew she had the experience, which is a common thing. People want this. Not the first thing you say to say, Hey, I've had a near death experience. <laughs> right. Yeah. You right. Somebody, you know, but I find it interesting after studying this and then talking with her, it puts the research in perspective. Yeah. You know, when she talks about the white light or there were people there. And, and that's what I was going to say earlier. When they, sometimes when these people, when they meet the others, they don't know who they are. They right. know there's somebody there. A lot of people will say is they have their out of body experience. They know that it's their body. They can see the shape, but it's not their body. When they know that it's their uncle that came to them, they don't see the body. They see their spirit. They see their essence, if you will, but they know it's them and their mind interprets it as their body. Yeah. Even though they're sitting there saying, they're even telling you, I know we don't have arms and legs, but that's what I'm seeing in my mind. Right. Because anyway, so I, I think that that's, intriguing to me especially having now to have that firsthand attachment to research right and, and i find it, it it's you know when you read dr moody's book and it's been revised so he's changed some of the stuff in there again i got an actual first copy because i wanted to go i wanted that piece of it you know from then but when you look at all of these these two like dr uh, kubler ross and dr moody Thousands and thousands and thousands of people with the same occurrences. And it just, it blows my mind that have never met again, across time and history that, that don't have any, no two people may have the same philosophical beliefs, but they still have the same. I, I find that hard to be drug induced. Find it. Uh, although again, and I'll link this back to it you know, people that have DMT trips and things like that, they have very similar experiences to alien abductions. But you can also, alien abductions have very similar, have some similarities between your death experience. So is it, I mean, it might have some chemical, the DMT, there's maybe something there. I, there's no way we can tell. Dr. Moody talks about it too. The actual point of death is still is still disputed. You know, your heart can stop, your brain can stop, but there's still function that's occurring. When does the oxygen run out? When do these things, you know, where does the actual point of death occur? So it's hard to, you know, it's hard to study someone in the hospital and they pass. You know, if someone had a tragic accident where they were killed instantaneously, you know, some horrific maiming accident, you're not studying that when it Right. Um, so anyway, it's just hard to document when that death. I'd like to say thanks for having you share your story with us. For me, you know, not having ever experienced a near-death experience, I, for me, I'm skeptical. I'm not saying that those people that do have it didn't experience something, uh, but with with the field that we're in, unless you actually see it, right. touch it, experience it, um, it's kind of hard to understand. But it is interesting with the 
thousands of different cases that we have of near-death experience, there's got to be some validity to it. Right. Um, that's kind of why I asked you the question, what was your thought about, or did you have a thought about near-death experiences before this event? Is yeah. it something that ever crossed your mind? Absolutely. And I don't think most, I think for most people, none of us probably do. You know, I mean, because the majority of us are scared of dying and we don't want to think about dying right. and what the experience might be. Um, but as I'm hearing and reading and, and doing research, I do believe, as I said, there is some true validity to the experiences. But as I said, it interests me that they're all the ones that you hear are all in a very positive you know, bright light um, experiences. That's what a lot of people that come back and tell their stories will say to people that they were sent back to tell you that it's okay. Right. And you know, it. all of the stories that you hear, and, and even you said during your story, it's very vivid memories. Yes. You know, it's not like, I think this is what it was, or... You know, I saw something, but I couldn't really like your dreams. Sometimes you can have true, true, vivid dreams that you remember every little detail. And then other times you're like, well, I think I saw this or this might have happened. But with people that have near death experiences, they can explain their experience in very vivid detail. So there's something going on there that's either chemical, uh, you know, something causing them to see in such vivid detail. And it's like Mike said, that it's something that I just don't walk up to people and go, Hey, I got a story for you. Sure. Because sure. it's, and, and it's not something that I think about every day. Right. Because I, it goes back to, do I really want to know who those men were? Right. And, where did I really go? Because it's it's not meant for me to know at this point. Right. Somewhere maybe down the road, it, right. it will come right. to you to understand what those three shoes meant. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's it, your, your experience and, and others are like when we go and talk to people about paranormal, we're afraid to sometimes at the beginning when I started, I was kind of afraid to go talk to people about paranormal because I'm like, okay, what are these people going to think of me? You know, right. I'm like, I'm not a wacko. I don't really, you know, I just like to know more about the unknown. Correct. You know, so like you said, you wouldn't just go up to someone and say, hi, I had a near-death experience. Would you like to hear about it? Right. So I hope that uh, in future podcasts, maybe we can get some viewers maybe those that have had near-death experiences, it would be kind of neat to hear their stories. I, I would really like to hear firsthand from people that, uh, you know, of like those 15 items, what theirs were. You know. I just think it's really neat. Yeah. So, as I said, thanks for sharing that experience. Absolutely. Thanks for allowing me and was fun. I'm not nervous anymore. Very good. See? Yep. Yeah, we <laughs> told you. It's, it's much better once you get in. You just spend a little time in it, and uh, it's it's good. I do apologize for the uh, technical and audio issues that we have. It's hot in the air. I wasn't shutting it off. So. <laughs> and it's blowing right on me. Well, you know, I want to I share this story. It's not really... I don't know if it's a near-death experience or not, but... Uh, my wife told me of a story when our youngest daughter was probably two or three years old. They went to the hospital to visit a gentleman who was terminally ill. And uh, she was in the room with the gentleman and uh, the wife. And all of a sudden she looked up into the corner of the room and she just started mumbling. Talking. And, um, my wife looked to her and said, Hey, what, who are you talking to? And she goes, 
Well, I'm talking to C.W. Well, C.W. was the man laying in the bed. But she wasn't looking at the man in the bed. She was looking up in the corner of the ceiling. Well, about 30 minutes later, he passed away. So, you know, I'm sitting here now, and it just kind of gave me the chills talking about it. But it... But it makes you wonder, okay, was he experiencing something or was there something to come and take him away? Right. You know, that corner of the room is a very common occurrence. The corner, you know, a lot of people will, when they exit their body, they're looking down from the corner of the room or looking over everybody as things are occurring. Yeah. Um, You know, and it's when you say that, you know, Everybody has a story, and my grandmother's one. When she passed, she was talking to the people in the room yeah. that were there with her. That, of course, none of us could see. Yeah. Um, so I, I, that's that whole corner. When Allison was talking about the light was in the corner of the room. That's a yeah. That, that's interesting, Jeff. That you. Yeah, it's 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 you know I never when I first heard it, I'm kind of like, okay, she's two or three years old, you know, but. The more I stopped and thought about it is, you know, especially for him to pass away so close after to that experience, um, I truly believe that there's something to it, you know, now whether he had already was close to passing or. See, you know, in you and I, we've, we've had this discussion before with, with kids, um, you know, kids, when they're that age, they've never been taught, you know. Right, you're. It's acquired that there's no boogeyman, that there's no <laughs> yeah. nothing in the corner. Yeah, you're allowed to have the imaginary, feet. but are they really imaginary? Are they, re- you know, right? Well, their mi- their minds are open. They're not, you know, someone's telling them, oh, that's bad, or this is this or that. You know, they have an open mind to things, and I think that's why a lot of children have experiences because they're innocent. Exactly. I think that's why even a lot of investigators like ourselves experience more things than your hardcore skeptics because we have that open mind. We're not constantly just shoving everything in a box. But, but you know, I find it interesting for me, and, and, and I'll go into this just a little bit. You know, when I was younger, I, I, the, the paranormal wasn't anything I even thought about. You know, I grew up in a very religious home, and, you know, we went to church pretty much every time the doors were open and, you know, we believed the Bible and, and all of that. And so the paranormal piece, I think, was probably pushed aside. You know, we didn't talk about, we didn't want to talk about things like the devil and, and those kind of things. Um, but it wasn't till I got older, and I think maybe my mind was more open as you were talking about, you know, I, I understood that there are more things out there than, you know, we really want to think about. And that's why I kind of got into this whole paranormal realm, because like I said, I want to know I'm the type, shove me, push me, you know, I want to hear the sounds. I want to see the door close. I want to physically experience it until then. I don't believe that it's actually real. So. Well, all right. Y'all have anything to add for the evening we actually ended up being a little over an hour here probably a little less by the edited version well no i just like to once again thanks all thank all of our listeners out there and the folks that are liking us on facebook um don't forget you can follow us on facebook follow us on twitter you can find us on podbean which is where we host all of our podcasting episodes we're gonna we we've gotten i will say we've gotten so many messages about when we're gonna have our next episode and and we do we've said it before we apologize but we don't we do have day jobs we do have day lives uh you know um there are some stuff out there on youtube and facebook where rob and i try to do some live videos that aren't on our podcasting app um i I was gone for most of last year everybody's got jobs and everybody was here and there so we will try to do better at that. We promise. And uh, don't forget where you can find us. Again, keep in mind, we are not affiliated to any branch of the military. And I hope you all have a good evening. Mike, Allison, thanks again. And uh, we'll talk to you all later. All right. Good night. Good night.
night. <laughs> <laughs>